0: Welcome into a podcast interview, uh, my first one with Cubsden. I'm Clinton Cole, and joining me on Skype uh, in Arizona, a guy I kind of got to know a little bit last year in uh, South Bend. I was in South Bend working at a uh, radio station in South Bend, took pictures and stuff, kind of got to know a few of the guys a little bit. But Cole Roeder, thanks for uh, joining me, man. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So this has been, it's been crazy, you know, I I I do stuff for Future socks. so, you know, I've got a lot of friends in the White Sox organization, and I talked to about eight of the guys over the last, I want to say, two, three weeks, maybe to, I guess, since the beginning of June, and, man, everybody's all over the place. Those guys are doing what they can. What has these last, what, three-plus months been like for you?
1: They've definitely been tough. That is for sure. Um, back home in California, we were on extremely strict guidelines. Not allowed to leave our house very much. Um, just trying to do whatever I could. I actually ended up building a bedding cage in my backyard oh. because I just had nowhere to go. And I have friends. I live forty minutes from my high school, um, so my friends would drive forty-five, forty minutes to my house and try to get as much work as we can. But you know, I, we couldn't throw at parks anymore at one point because they closed down all the parks. So it was, it was definitely a very tough couple months. Um, and then when Arizona opened up, it was definitely a blessing for me. I was able to come down and train at Fisher Institute and hit with one of my uh, old Cubs coaches, you know, a couple times a week. And um, it, it's been, it's been very nice to be able to get back out there and, you know, see some people that I missed and I hadn't seen in a long time and get back to work.
0: Where, where in California from? I'm from Santa Clarita, California.
1: Okay, cool.
0: Um, yeah, so as I was telling you before, I you know spent a few summers out in California, and Southern California. I mean, uh, so many, so many baseball players are, are from California, and, and like I was telling you, a lot of the guys I talked to, you know, some were. I mean, they're all spread out all over the place, and every single one of them had different availabilities. Like you just said, you had to build your own your own uh, place to hit. And, you know, some guys were working out at high schools or you know wherever it may be, but how long or how did you build this this batting that kind of describe what you built exactly
1: so i ordered um it definitely was not the best uh <laughs> i ordered a pretty cheap batting cage for the time being just because i needed somewhere to hit and i could i could feel myself kind of getting out of rhythm um so i ended up spending i think 600 on on poles in the net from amazon and me and my dad went up in the, because we have a, we live on a small ranch in Acton, California. It's okay. like, like kind of like where you are right now. It's a very small town. Right. Um, so we, we have a decent amount of land. So we just took some of our land and started building holes and start putting in a batting cage,
0: me, my mom, and my dad. That's pretty cool. Do you, um, so it, it all, it worked out. So a full batting cage for you and you got people to throw to you, to you and hit. So what about the, the throwing and lifting and running aspect of everything here?
1: Uh, that's where it got a little tricky. Um. So the the land that where my batting cage is on is is not flat. Like we tried to get as flat as we could. Um. Even used my dad's tractor, and it's just it's just so compact that it was hard to do. So we definitely couldn't throw there because it wasn't level, and it's just not very good surfaces to throw on. Um. I would be throwing in. You know, I live on dirt roads, so I'd be throwing in long dirt roads. I'd me and my buddies would go out there and throw 120 feet, 180 feet on a (laughs) on dirt road. Yeah. Um. I'd try to get into the high schools around me. They were all closed down, and if you know, I got on there and I got caught, I'd have to pay a fine, so couldn't do that. Um, different cul-de-sacs, different places, different, you know, I'd we'd go into local parks if they were open, just try to hop in really fast and try to get a good throwing session in. Uh, Lifting-wise, uh, that was that was definitely the, the toughest part about it. Uh, weights were going very fast in that, and I just couldn't find anything. Um, the trainer I'd been working out with, at his house, he couldn't you know he had just had a newborn baby, so you know i I, I understand he wasn't gonna put his family in that situation um, so i was I was really just doing pushups and sit- ups and crunches and trying to do as many things as I could at home lifting hay bales whatever I needed to do to <laughs> try to get uh, my workouts in and then for running, uh, we have this long very, very long steep hill that is uh, actually concrete at my house and I was just doing sprints up it and walking down and Try not to pass out on the way because it is a <laughs> tough one it is so tough i'm not built for long distance i'm built for you know the quick
0: agility right, right. You know,
1: short short distance framework wait <sighs> hey, i was getting my butt worn out running up that hill
0: so you bet you've uh, developed uh, some new muscles that you didn't have before in your legs
1: oh i was sore in places i've never been <laughs> sore before
0: in my life that's pretty funny so um let's go back to spring training uh Got a few plate appearances with the uh, with the Cubs, and tell me what that was like for you. You uh, just being around uh, a bunch of the guys.
1: Being around like the big league team
0: is such a surreal experience. It, you know, these guys are
1: your heroes. You watch them on TV. You you think of them on this pedestal, and it's it's so amazing because even even I still get starstruck. I try to I try to hide it as much as I can. You know, because I I do know these are normal people. But, you know, it's it's definitely, it's so so crazy to think that, you know, you're playing with your heroes and picking their brains one-on-one and, you know, really just getting to watch how they work and watch how they go about their business. It's it's truly something that I didn't, once I was able to open my eyes and see these guys actually go to work, it was just, it's so beautiful. These guys put in the greatest work ethic and off the field, they're actually just amazing normal people. Like, they're just like everyone else and they laugh and do the things that, you know, normal people do. So, Seeing them off the field and seeing them as normal people was, I think, even cooler than seeing them on the field.
0: One of the things you just mentioned was work ethic. I mean, there are tons of guys all over this country. I mean, as you know, I mean, as I'm sure you've grown up with it and played against, that have the talent, but what separates these guys is the work ethic.
1: Absolutely. And I think, honestly, Jason Hayward, what might be the biggest candidate I've ever seen in my life for the work ethic, you know, in spring training, uh, he'd get there about. Hour too early and just take fly balls and ground balls in the outfield. And watching this guy, you know, he's Jason Hayward. He's got gold gloves. He's, you know, this amazing baseball player, work two hours almost every morning before he did anything, just on his fundamentals, just on the little things, and practicing at game speed. He'd finish up and he'd be fully drenched, head to toe, in sweat. And, you know, you don't, that's not broadcast. It's not publicized. And the work ethic behind the shadows that these guys do is, off the charts they go above and beyond every single minute of the day trying to be a better baseball player and it's 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 amazing
0: so your favorite part of spring chain which is being there and being around everyone kind of seeing how things worked with, with the big club
1: absolutely i'm a big social guy and i like to i like to meet people and i like to talk and i like to pick brains and seeing these guys every morning and being so accessible and so i guess easy to approach is the coolest thing. Cause you know, they're willing to talk to you. They're willing to help you out, you know, cause they were in the same spot. They, they remember being in my position. So, you know, having them be able to teach you along the way and kind of give them stuff that they didn't know and stuff that, you know, they wish they had known, um, at my age is it's, it's so cool. It's amazing. And it's it's a life changing experience every time in spring training.
0: So let's move forward. You know, once you, so then once everything happened, what, did you just go straight back home, or how did, how did that all work out for you?
1: Well, the transition from, you know, baseball to the corona offseason type deal was extremely tough for me. I, I, uh, I worked really hard the offseason. I ended up gaining 30 pounds, so I was, I was ready to go. Right.
0: Um,
1: so after everything got shut down, I took a week in Arizona, and I just, I didn't really know. I was Honestly, I was lost. I really didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, because I had prepped, I had prepped every second of every day, ready for spring training, ready for the next season. So to get it all kind of taken away from you in the blink of an eye, uh, I definitely took a couple of weeks, and I was just really confused. It was really weird for me. Um, I tried to just enjoy some time off, but at the same time I didn't know when I was going to go back. So um, I took I took a few weeks, and then I went back to California. Or I took a week in Arizona, and then it took two weeks in California and just kind of really tried to, you know, Reconnect with my family and my friends, and be a, a normal teenager for a little bit. And then when I turn, when my birthday turned, um, just try to be a normal, normal person again, and try to re, uh, reacclimate myself. Uh, but it was definitely a very tough transition for me personally. Um, I just felt like, you know, all my hard work kind of just fizzled out right in front of me, and it was definitely, definitely a tough break.
0: One of the things that a bunch of the other guys said. no, a lot of the guys I talked to. You know, they had played in college for three years or, you know, whatever it was. I mean, they may have gotten drafted out of high school, but, you know, went to college. Like like Gavin Sheets went to Wake Forest and, you know, Flores went to USC, you know, whoever it may have been. But one of the big things they told me was it, it was so weird because they had, they had not been at home at this time during the year in years. And I I know for you, you were drafted out of high school, but still, you know, you weren't there last year during at home. So, I mean, the time of the year to be home, too, a little bit different.
1: Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I don't I can't think of the last time i actually had a real summer vacation um you know because from my freshman year high school to my senior high school we played in in this summer ball league that you know my high school coach was you know he didn't love but you know it it got the games done so we were playing four or five games a week all summer and we had practice from monday to thursday all summer so i honestly can't tell you the last time that i actually had a summer vacation where i could take a couple days and do nothing you know i could i could go on a vacation i could go and visit family around the country and it was it's honestly it, it it definitely is tough but it definitely has its perks um and actually being able to enjoy a summer vacation and go to the beach when it's actually warm out and you know try to get my my pale body a tan you know with baseball <laughs> and everything so it's it's been it's been weird definitely for sure but um having the ability to have a summer vacation for you know for a glimpse it, w- it was very very nice
0: a few more questions and I'll, and I'll let you run. So what, you mentioned you put on 30 pounds. What did you think going in, you said you worked out, I mean, you know, you were every second of every day leading up to this season in spring training. What did you think you needed to work on the most, uh, you know, after last year, uh, moving into this year?
1: Uh, it was definitely maturing my body and my mind. Okay. I needed to gain the weight. You know, I came, I finished last season very, very skinny. I finished at I think 173 pounds. And that's just, you know, for I played 100 and almost 30 games. That is, it's hard to maintain and play at your best when you're that, you know, you lose that much weight. Uh, so, you know, that was one thing I, I definitely wanted to put on more muscle and have the ability to, you know, let my body maintain longer throughout the year. So I didn't break down as quick, didn't break down as easy. And, you know, definitely at the approach side of baseball, I was able to, you know, take this time and really reanalyze, you know, every little bit about the way I played baseball. Um, I definitely grew up mentally this past year. I you know, I got my teeth kicked in a little bit here and there. Um, and it definitely it helped me so much. I'm I'm so glad it all happened that way because I was able to go into this off season and have a full new, you know, mindset about what I wanted, how I wanted to do it and what I wanted to do. So uh, just being able to actually, you know, revisit everything and re gauge and re and, you know, re go about it was
0: huge for me. I wanna ask you about uh, the draft now you your second round pick you know the draft only being five rounds this year I mean it had to be what it was I mean whatever whatever the reasoning was whatever fine it was what it was but what did you think about it just being five rounds and then obviously you just think about all the guys you some of your teammates and maybe some friends or guys you played against that were drafted in the rounds past the fifth round I mean obviously these guys, you know, were able to sign free agent contracts, but not the same thing. But what, So what did you think about that whole five round thing?
1: I thought it was very unfortunate, truly. Yeah. Um, you know, we have six rounders, seventh rounders, eight rounders who signed for four or five, six hundred, whatever, you know, a hundred thousands that, you know, if they were in this draft, if it was my draft, they might not have gotten drafted. They might not have been, you know, the amazing baseball players they are. Uh, I also think that, you know, the league is gonna be, it's gonna it's gonna be affected by this. You know, guys that could have been, aren't. And you know, I've seen friends, I've seen people that I really care about. You know, that deserved a shot, that were ready physically, mentally, and everything. That you know, didn't even get picked up in free agent signings. And I think it's very unfortunate that the talent was lost. You know what I mean? Like there was so much out of the guys that could have gone the sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth all these extra rounds that we picked up, you know, in my draft that these guys are some of the best baseball players that I've ever seen. And they didn't get drafted in the top five rounds. And, you know, if they're only offered 20 grand as a junior and, you know, they might not take it and they might not have gotten their career started. And Hey, who knows? They could have got hurt in college and never played again. So, you know, it's, it's very tough. I think that a lot of talent and a lot of, you know, amazing athletes were definitely passed on by, so I, I really hope that, you know, these guys all get the opportunity and they get, you know, in the free agent signings or next year they can come back and get drafted. But I, I true, it's, it's definitely unfortunate to see it happen.
0: Another thing I was thinking about uh, in regards to that was, you know, I don't know about you, but my senior year of high school baseball, if I would have lost that, man, that would have been awful. I mean, I, w- you know, I went on to play in college too, but I, like, it, you don't get another senior year of high school. It's that, it's, you just can't replace that. And not only from, you know, the fun aspect and being with your friends, but you know, there's a lot of guys that maybe came out of nowhere their senior year that were able to get drafted. And that's the other thing that you just could not replace.
1: Absolutely. I, I 100% agree, especially, you know, seniors in high school. I, I knew a couple of seniors in high school uh, in this upcoming draft that honestly were some of the best baseball players I've seen that were passed over completely. And now they're going to college. Yeah. and you know that's tough because they don't get to showcase themselves you know I had in in my own personal experience my senior year was my breakout year you know leading up to that I didn't get to play my full year because of a uh, an unfortunate injury however you know in the in the time I did get to play if I didn't get to showcase my senior year at all you know the, the story could definitely be different for me and I'd be in a college classroom or college you know type scene really just trying to get to my junior year but you know luckily I was fortunate enough to have my senior year and you know start my dreams early but it's it's very like I said it's very sad to see like some of those guys just missed out not even on the baseball side but on the you know the social aspect of you know really growing into an adult your senior year the senior year aspect going to prom and doing all these things and kind of growing up alongside of you know your aspirations in your life you know it's it's very sad
0: uh, two more things I, I want to close with kind of what what you're up to like right this second. You know, we're recording this on uh, Thursday the 25th, and you can tell me what you can tell me. But I want to ask you about a couple guys that uh, were in South Bend with you. Now, I mean, I'm going to be honest, Cubs fans listening, I don't know your farm system from top to bottom like I do the White Sox. But three guys I did see in South Bend that obviously really stood out to me were number one, obviously, Brendan Davis. Two, Braylon Marquez. And three, Chris Morrell, whose season was, was cut short. For those three guys, what, I mean, and that, that's not to take away from anyone else and your other teammates or anything like that. It's just those are the three guys that I kind of, I guess, interacted with the most and, and watched the most, I guess you could say. So I guess, I guess starting with Brennan, I mean, a lot of Cubs fans, you guys have a pretty special, you got a, you got a good group of outfielders and Brennan's part of that crew.
1: You know, Brennan, not only as a player, he's one of, it's absolutely one of my best friends, but, you know, I treat him as family and so does he, I actually haven't seen him all morning. He left, I woke up at like nine thirty, ten o'clock this morning and he was just getting ready to leave running errands and going to lift now. So, I mean, we live together and you know, we, we do everything together and see him grow as a baseball player from the time I met him to the time he got in the South and then actually showcased what he truly can do. Uh, it was very, very cool to see, you know, he was definitely dealing with some mental, like mental stuff that was definitely holding him back. You know, you know, the failures of baseball really do eat at people to, you know, a point where it's, it's very hard to get past that and move on and to see him kind of grow up mentally and really, you know, just showcase what he actually is about and what he's really capable of was, was very special to see himself in South Bend. And I, I love the kid. To, I love the kid to death on and off the field. He's one of my best friends. So, I was very happy that he could uh, he could experience that with me and we could be you know on the team to, uh, on the team once again and you know hopefully if everything works out um, me and him could be running the outfield in in Chicago someday
0: and I mean that's the other thing all all of you guys that I mentioned you know it's a, a big reason of why I mentioned you guys is because you were the guys that were nice you know what I mean you guys were personable and relatable and everything like that and. And we're able to talk and we're approachable and things like that. So I mean, like you just said about Brennan and yourself, I mean, you guys are not just great baseball players, but also great people off the field too. So I think that's pretty cool. Uh, for for Marquez, I mean, lefty throws 99 100 miles an hour. He's got a great couple secondary and tertiary pitches. Did you ever face him? or am you just watching him or for Braylon. Actually, uh, me and Braylon got very close
1: this past season. Okay. Um, I had known him since I got drafted. Uh, you know, I, all I heard about him was he threw over 100. He's on the left side, and he didn't speak any English. So, you know, I, I was very fortunate to take Spanish in high school and really surround myself with um, players from you know across the world and help influence my Spanish and help you know gain forward. So seeing him in South Bend from what he started as to, you know, he was like 97 to 99, pretty wild, um, very, very poor, you know, pace of play to, you know, I remember, I remember the specific day uh, he came into the gym and, you know, Dallas was, uh, he's our strength coach at the time. And he walks up to him he's speaking in Spanish because, you know, Dallas is fluent in Spanish, of course, you know, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, works in pro baseball. Yep. Um, and he basically said in Spanish, you know, he's like, he's like, I'm, I'm done. You know, doing the things I want to do. I want to. I want to be better. I want to. You know, I want to lose some weight and I want to. I want to be the best. So you know, from that day forward, uh, he really took it upon himself to really, you know, be not only a better person but be a better baseball player. And I kid you not, the next outing he he went out there. I forget who we were playing, um, and I just remember, you know, he was he just he just looked different. He looked more physically ready to get after it. And I remember the first three pitches all being above 102, and I was sitting in the outfield <laughs> with Brennan. And me and Brennan are looking at each other like, "Oh my God, what is going on?" And Steve, <laughs> he ended up, I believe, having like twelve or thirteen Ks that day, um, still sitting, you know, ninety-nine to one hundred and two in the fifth inning. And I remember me and Brendan, you know, looking at each other in outfield like, "This is unbelievable! Like this, this dude is big league. Like he's gonna be, you know, an all-star in the big leagues. He's got a great secondary." And, uh, he's just got a very good trifecta of pitches and he really can dominate when he, you know, he really sets his mind to it, um, off the field. Uh, he's, you know, he didn't speak a lot of English. He's, you know, very tough, uh, but he was very willing to learn. Yeah. He's very, he's a very good kid. Um, he's, 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 you know, he's brilliant. He's definitely a different breed. He's just, I mean, he's huge. He's six, seven, you know, how much he ever weighs. And he's just, he's just a very gentle guy. Um, so me and him definitely got close this past off se- or this past season, uh, he was definitely he was teaching me some Spanish, and I was you know really helping him with English. Um, and it got to a point where at the end of the season, he was actually you know having full on conversations with me in English. And he That's
0: awesome. you get to
1: see how much that meant to him to be able to speak in English and be able to conversate with his other teammates and fans, at that matter. You know, if as long as they didn't you know fire off question by question by question, yeah. and they just kept it slow, he was fully able, fully capable to have conversations with people and really kind of. Just let people know who he was as a person, not off the field, where he couldn't connect before because he couldn't speak English that well. To watching this kid be so personable and go up to the fans and give them a ball and take a picture and smile with them and say thank you or have a great day. It was just it was so cool to see now. And whenever I see him in spring training, he always comes up to me and you know he doesn't practice you know English all the time, just like I don't practice Spanish every day, but. You know, whenever he sees me, we get right back to work on, on the language barrier. And to see him grow as a person this last year was was so cool.
0: Last well, guy I want to talk to you about, uh, so I asked you about an outfielder pitcher and another infielder or an infielder. And that's Chris Morell, a guy that his season was cut short. But, you know, from what I saw and some of the, the rankings I've read that he's he's a young kid, too, but he's got some special talent.
1: Chris Morell. Might be the most gifted national athlete I have ever seen in my life. He's got raw power. He's got the speed. You know, he's got the hands. He's got the footwork. But the thing that separates him so far, you know, from other players is his arm. Yeah, I, I tell everyone that asks him about me, he will be He'll be the next Machado, but he's going to be better than him. You know what I mean? Like, I've seen this kid, you know, take a backhand behind the bag to throw about 102 across the infield on a frozen rope and get the guy out by, like, six, seven steps. You know, I saw him really grow up as a hitter this year and just absolutely just destroy baseballs that some balls that he'd hit and they'd go on maybe higher than the shortstop's head and go all the way out, now 450. Um, He is by far one of the most natural athletes I've ever seen and one of the best baseball players I've ever witnessed in my life. Um, He is by far, you know, top three best baseball players I've ever seen and ever played with in my life. And I truly think that he'll have a very long career in the big leagues. Um, And on the social aspect of it, on the flip side of outside of baseball, he might be the nicest person I have ever met in my life by far. He is, you know, when he's mad, he keeps it to himself, but he's selfless. He constantly picks up his teammates and he's always, you know, he's always trying to keep a smile and always trying to keep the energy up. And, you know, he, he would definitely, you know, lay his body on the line for the team and, as a person, he might be one of my favorite, you know, humans I've ever met in my life, and he's def- I'm definitely fortunate to, you know, be in his presence and get to, like, learn from him and learn from me and really, like, just pick each other's brains and really grow as people together.
0: That's a um, pretty pretty good trio of guys that you uh, are talking about and, of course, yourself. And then, like I said before, you know, you've got other teammates and other players in the system that, you know, that you could talk about and are, are good baseball players. I just – they just – I just didn't interact with them as much. So I don't want I don't want fans to think that I'm leaving someone out or singling anybody up. But let me ask you this. Is there anybody else that I haven't talked about that comes to your mind right away? That's that, I mean, that not deserves a mention, but that you can think of. Uh,
1: I think the next person in line, other than, you know, my roommates, you know, Jensen Sanders and Franklin, mm-hmm. um, a dude that I played with all year on the, on the hitter side. Cause you know, I don't, Get to interact with as much and a little little weird um, <laughs> is uh, Tyler Durna. I think you know okay. Tyler Durna when I first came into the organization. Um, I was just a kid. I was 18 years old um, in a new foreign environment, and you know Tyler Durna is one of those guys where he's mature enough to take you under his wing and mature enough to really help you not only on the baseball side but on the you know the social aspect and the growing up portion. And I got really close with him, and you know, he, I can honestly say, he might be off the field one of the greatest people ever. You know, he's very personal, very good guy, and he loves to talk baseball. And he's just a very good, you know, human. Um, but on the baseball field, he's the best defensive first baseman I've ever seen in my life. You know, I saw him make, I can honestly say, maybe one error that was actually his fault in a hundred plus games, and he picked every ball and. You got Morrell throwing 105 yeah, across the right. diamond. You got Andy Weber throwing high nine, high nines across the diamond, and you know Tyler never let it get to him, and he always, you know, he scooped everything. He was an absolute vacuum, and he would, played a big part in our lineup. He, he he sat at like the 100 300 line all year. Um, we always get we always dogged him a little bit because you know he's a, he is a big kid. He lifts the absolute house, but he, you know he doesn't. We always joke about you know him not having pops. so. Uh, he, he takes it off the chin. He takes it like it's good sport, but uh, yeah, he's just, he's one of those players that you look at and you're like, wow, that kid can play. And um, I don't, I don't think the organization would have any problem with him backing up Rizzo someday. Truly. Um, he's hes definitely, he's got the talent. He's got the drive and he's got the work ethic to do all of those things.
0: This has been uh, pretty awesome. I you mean, know, I don't have any notes in front of me. We're just, we're just talking baseball. I told you at the beginning, 10 minutes or so. I'm pretty sure we've gone more than 10 minutes. Um, The the last thing, man, uh, I, this is kind of a a tough question because like I said, this is June 25th, Thursday, June 25th. Uh, I guess you, I know for the white Sox, they're going to be their first practice or whatever you want to call it is July 3rd. So that's what a week from tomorrow. So, you know, a lot, Mm -hmm. a lot can happen or whatever it may be, but for you, what, what are you looking to accomplish with what is left of this baseball season this year?
1: Um, I really want to, really want to showcase what I can do. Um, I took this off season very seriously. I've worked harder this past off season than I think of, you know, my 15, 16 years of baseball all combined. Um, I really grew up this off season and I, there's a lot of things that have changed about me mentally and physically and on the baseball field that I don't think people are ready for yet. I think that this, this past off season, um, I really think that I jumped up a lot, on the baseball aspect, you know, doing things that I never thought possible and doing things that, you know, last season I'd be like, Oh my gosh, that just happened to where now it's like, I can do it with confidence. You know what the big thing for me was, uh, you know, change-ups and, you know, struggling to go to the left side of the field. And when you looked at my numbers and you looked at my, you know, my graphs, I was a center to right field hitter with, you know, I'd spray once in a while to left. And that, it, that just doesn't play. It doesn't play at the big leagues and nobody wants a pull hitter. Cause then you know, it sets you up for it and it get you out all the time. So, um, finally being able to be old enough and mature enough to realize that, uh, I think, I think people are in for, uh, a big change this year. You know, me going to the left side and me just adding, adding very, very, very strong tools in to my arsenal that'll make me a better baseball player. And, uh, I'm really excited for people to see that. I'm really excited to, to really showcase all the hard work I've, you know, put in.
0: Well, Cole, this has been awesome, man. Um, I really appreciate the time. And, you know, whatever whatever you – wherever you want to be, obviously you want to be a part of that that taxi squad and, you know, be with them. And hopefully you – whatever happens is what you want to happen. And if not, hopefully you can show this year that you are capable of, of, of doing what uh, – of playing at any level against any competition. And hopefully you get a chance to show it, man. So I really appreciate your time. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you, man. I really appreciate it. This has been one of the, the most fun podcasts I've been on. It was really easy. Just, it's, it's nice having a person where you can just conversate back and forth with no
0: notes. And, you know, it's, it's been a very, very pleasure of mine. Thank you, man. Uh, likewise, likewise, man. All right, cool. Well, um, once again, this was a uh, my first little podcast for Cubs Den. My um, guest, Cole i and Clinton Cole. So thanks to everyone that tuned in.